Good, good. Check, check, check. Okay, check, check, check. Okay. All right, back in the studio. Uh, first episode of uh, Nerdy Bones Roundtable. I'm here with David. What's up, David? How you doing? I'm, I'm glad to have you back. This is your second time on the show, right? Yes. Yeah, the the first one. Enjoyed did the first one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, luckily at this point, I don't have as many technical difficulties because I've learned more <laughs> since we did it the last time. Actually, I don't recall there being that many. Well, I'm well, well on my side getting it uploaded and like oh, okay. <laughs> t- turning knobs and this, that, and the other thing. So tonight we're, uh, I pitched you the idea of movie monsters. And you were like, how about movie villains? And that just got my nerd brain going. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, off the top of your head, what do you think are the best like movie villains? Like the ones that spoke to you the most? Um, let's see. Uh, Frank in Once Upon a Time in the West. Oh, uh, dude. Yeah, he's he's just a ruthless killer. Um, uh, uh, gotta throw in both the Jokers. Um, they were both very well done by very good actors. Um, let's see, cinematic villains. Um, it, it's I a hard like thing, right? Bad Girls. Say that I one more time. Like I'm bad sorry. Bad Girls a lot, and they make so few of them. Um, one of the ones, uh, uh, Cormac McCarthy did a movie called The Counselor, and what's her name? Girl with the big smile. Um, <laughs> oh, Cameron Diaz. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she plays like this just ruthless, ruthless woman. Um, it's just, yeah, and that, she was really quite good and then really quite scary. <laughs> um, uh, as far as mo- actual monsters, um, Dracula, I like the Gary Oldman version. Um, he did a good job. Kind of a interesting character because he wasn't really, you know, by the end of the movie, you kind of almost feel bad for him. Even though he's ripping people's throats out, and, you know, doing yeah. some pretty horrible that, stuff. That's the one with uh, Keanu Reeves, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I watched it not too long ago. Um, I love the brides too. The brides. Are oh great. right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I love it. I, you know, the whole scene where he throws them the baby is hilarious. One <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, one of my one of my personal favorites is uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh yeah, great yeah, old film. Yeah, yeah. He just for some reason, cause I'm, I have this thing with water. I fucking hate water, <laughs> and that to me, you know, like Jaws. I, I look at Jaws as a movie villain, cause fuck, yeah. cause fuck sharks. I've told you that before. <laughs> yeah, no, he definitely, he definitely is the uh, antagonist in that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you know that's the, the what is that? That's the old. What the three tropes are man versus himself, man versus other man, and man versus nature. Ah. Boy. And so, and he, I think he falls very solidly in the third one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you made me think of uh, what do they call it in literary, in like literary, li- literary shit, uh, the hero's journey? Yeah, yeah. yeah the, Can, uh, could you elaborate on that? Because you could probably um, explain it way more than I could. Yeah, it's actually, it's, I think, what's his name came up with it. It was it's it's a uh, it's one of those archetypes that uh, Young recognized, and then uh, Bill Moyers expounded upon. Or no, no, who's not Bill Moyers interviewed him. I'm trying to think who the guy's name is. Um, anyway, basically, it's that every hero has a journey. Um, if you look all the way back to like Pericles and, and you know the uh, all, all you know 
heroes always have a journey. They have to go out and prove themselves um, somehow before they get their reward. Or if, you know, and, uh, and you actually, what's interesting, another trope that has come is, is how many times, usually somewhere along the line, and this happens a lot in movies, you see it, um, the hero gets his ass kicked and just brutally beaten, something like that. And he has to come back from this. And, um, you know, like uh, Gangs of New York, Bill the Butcher, there's another one. Really, sorry, I'm just I'm like pointing at you to not like interrupt, and I interrupted. Big, <laughs> yeah, Daniel Day Lewis did that spectacularly. You know, he just he pretty much stole that movie. Um, but in the movie, uh, DiCaprio's character gets a crap beat out of him, he gets shivved, he gets you know, just brutally beaten, and he has to come back from that, and he has to come back stronger, which is odd because earlier in the film, Bill describes that exact thing to him he's saying you know i i fought your father he beat the hell out of me he stabbed me i was bleeding all over he goes and i had to come back i had came back with a full heart and i came back stronger and you know that's part of the hero's journey is that you know um they they find a resolution in it or you know or if they don't well then they weren't the hero <laughs> <laughs> well uh, uh i've always heard uh the comparison to luke skywalker with mm-hmm. with the hero's journey like speaking on what you were just talking about like there's like yeah. an, there's like an archetype that yeah. you know but what i'm getting at is a phrase that uh i've heard more than once that a hero is only as good as his worst villain yeah that is true yeah. <clears throat> i mean i equate that to comic books because i'm a comic book nerd yeah you know like so for me i go to spider-man like <laughs> green goblin like you know if green goblin was just some pushover with the cloth mask it, it wouldn't be that important. <laughs> uh, yeah, you see that, especially, of course, you know, I'm, I'm very much into Westerns, and you see that a lot. You, I've, I've seen so many Westerns that are really ruined because you have this really great hero and a really weak villain. Oh, okay. Very predictable villain. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's those villains where you're not sure, you know. And also, villains always tend to have, like, some kind of philosophy. They have, they have something they want. Um, well, they always feel the they're in the just, right, right? Yeah, the hero just kind of floats around until the villain comes up in his life, but he's not doesn't seem to be doing anything otherwise. <laughs> well, like, he has uh, no ambition. <laughs> it's funny you say that because uh, my favorite western will always be Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Oh yeah, and I have a hard time having people sit through it with me. It's 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 a long movie. Yeah, but oh, what yeah. I, what I'm getting at is uh, just going back around to the hero's journey thing: the good, the bad, the ugly. Mm-hmm. If you got, uh, I'm I'm gonna move on, but if you guys haven't seen that movie, watch it. And there's a connotation to each one of those names, right? Yeah, and what's really funny about the movie is actually all three of them are outlaws. Yeah, <laughs> they're all they're all technically bad guys. Just one's a little better bad guy. One's a little uglier bad guy. One's just plain bad. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, I remember being a kid and watching it and just being so confused that the mouths didn't match. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about? The, oh, yeah. The good old so, yeah, spaghetti the western. Only three people speaking English in there were Eli Wallach, uh, Lee Van Cleef, and Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> and because and, and, uh, I, I don't know what, what area in Italy it was filmed. Actually, they filmed those in Spain. There's oh, really? Film. I did not know that. 
I did not know that. Spaghetti westerns because they were all directed by Italian directors. Most of them got filmed in Spain, so it's kind of kind of funny. Of course, you know, I did yeah. not know that. I thought it was because they were filmed in Italy. Yeah, <laughs> that's a little bit of ignorance exposed there. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, most people don't know it, so they figure Italian westerns, spaghetti westerns, must be filmed in Italy. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> what I thought it meant. You know, that's. <laughs> So, Spain has the landscape, so. Well, yeah, you, know, you look at you look at like the mountains and shit. Yeah. That that looks like the United States to me. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like some parts out near Casa Grande out there. Well, like uh, you like uh, I for, I forget what part of the movie The Good, Bad, and the Ugly where uh, Blondie's being drugged through the desert. Oh yeah, yeah, the sand dunes near Yuma looks like, yeah. <laughs> and and you know you know what I'm talking about right? That that yeah, that's yeah. an amazing scene. Yeah, yeah. And to me, I just like, oh, that's like as a little kid, I never, never was like, oh, that's not Arizona, that's not Texas. <laughs> so the I eventually, as far as Sergio Leone got, ended up with the budget that he could film in Monument Valley, and he did, um, which is funny because how many movies have been filmed in Monument Valley? All those John Wayne movies. Oh wow! Uh, shit! Uh, True Grit, right? Oh, yeah, and they they filmed so many up there and honestly the funny thing is 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 it's like this mythic western landscape but nobody ever really lived up there (laughs) because it's just barren desert (laughs) there's nothing up there but it's a it's that landscape people take one look at they're like the american west you know it's it's become it's a mythology it's a mythology that surrounds it even though nobody ever really lived there (laughs) well i'm a victim of that i'm a victim of that i'm like yep that's america Oh, yeah, you yeah. know, like, how come these guys' mouths don't match their what they're saying? Why aren't this looks like they're in California? <laughs> oh yeah. Speaking of really good, um, really excellent westerns and really, like, really good bad guys, is uh, there's a movie. It was one of those '70s alt westerns um, that when they were like just taking the whole genre, flipping on its head, and Robert Altman directed it. It's called McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Hmm. Um, it's about this small tin horn gambler who comes to this town, decides to set up his own saloon, his own brothel, and he hooks up with this madam. And, you know, they put this business together. They're doing really well. And then this corporation decides it wants to buy the town. And you never, it's like this faceless entity uh, that, you know, they, they send their buyers out to talk to them. And, then when the when the buyers get frustrated they go back to the big corporation which is totally nameless and faceless you never see who owns it you never see anything else and then they send out their gunmen and Mm. it's just it's creepy and it's like it's it's really disturbing western it's it's kind of reminded me of deadwood in a way where except deadwood actually had you had hearst there in the movie um who as the bad guy but in altman's movie you never see who's in charge who hmm. is the actually pulling the strings and who's the bad guy and it makes it all the more disturbing uh, so well, it's a, it's I, know, really I know it, i know what you're getting at there because like uh i just recently watched the new matrix uh-huh. And, and, the, and the machine. <laughs> right, well, I'm just going to refer to the machines. The machines. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's no face to the machines. Yeah. And, or, like, you, you can say even Terminator. Like oh, yeah. Yeah. Cyberdyne. Yeah. My, a mindless, faceless AI. 
that, that's you know, scary it, shit. That's yeah. it, like I think you bring up a great point. Like when there's no face to what's evil, that's pretty fucking scary. Yeah, well, 1984 is like that. Oh, yeah. You have his big brother, but does Big Brother even really exist? Or even Gattaca. Yeah, there's another one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I put that. I put that in the same kind of category. Yeah, yeah. There's those movies that. Yeah, and those those are really the worst villains because you're basically powerless against them. And I I hate to say it, but like, have you seen Hunger Games? Oh yeah, yeah. Same thing. Yeah, Yeah. it's it all fits in the same category. Yeah, when there's yeah, no one person anyway, uh, that's the bad guy yeah it's, it's like and yeah if you sometimes they'll give you a face for it but usually you know i mean or, or a lot of times they'll give you a face for it but, but those ones where they just you know deny you that you know and then you know and i think i think actually that resonates with a lot of people i think you know one of the reasons people get so into these conspiracy theories and things like this is because the government as a whole and these corporations and stuff that all control it are really nameless and faceless. So you have the president who's like the, you know, the villain in, or the good guy or whatever, but people can blame this person. Oh, let's blame him. Gas prices are going up. Oh, you know, we can't blame the oil corporations because we don't know who they are. We don't know who runs Like who is they? The president, you know? It's like, who is they? Who is them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, and most people, you know, I mean, think of you know the hundred major more major corporations in America, with the exception of you know Tesla, Tesla, Amazon, and Facebook. You know, we know who runs those. We've seen pictures of them. What about the other ninety-seven? You know, who who runs Chevron? Does anybody <laughs> know? You know, <laughs> which is really it's really disturbing. I mean, and I think. I think especially when a movie when a movie does that or a book does that it becomes even more disturbing it's like you you realize it slaps you in the face like yeah that it's out there it's um you know and usually you know and usually you know like a i i think i said earlier i worked i worked in a prison for a while and you realize working in a prison they're sociopaths and psychopaths oh okay I, I want to talk about this they, okay. Okay. Go on. They go ahead well, and go ahead. Go ahead. And, and the entire time I was in, I worked in prison. I worked there for five years. I worked um, uh, level three and four yards, which are uh, medium and, ma- and semi-max security. Um, people I dealt with. I, I sh- I'm more interested in this than I should be. But continue. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, you know, and I was a librarian, so I had a very unique spot. I wasn't a CO, I wasn't a guard, so I was considered a civilian. So, in so eyes, real quick, was, real quick, David. So, like, when you would go on, what would you call it? Like, when you went to work, you would have to uh-huh. go check in and yeah. have to be confirmed that you were there. Uh-huh. And like you said, you were a civilian. Yeah. Well, uh, real quick, I, I don't want you to lose your thought. But uh, the interaction between the inmates, the people that you talk to, I, I would like to hear a little bit about that, too. Oh, yeah. No, I, they, the inmates actually, because, yeah, I, so I get to go to work in the morning, go through the sally port, you know, empty my pockets, pull off my boots. Sally port, <laughs> is that what you call it? Sally port? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, and basically... Uh, go on to, and it's all separate units. So you have a three unit, you have four units, you have 
these are custody levels. Uh, level oh, two, okay. yeah, even a level one unit. Uh, Tucson doesn't have a level five. All the level fives are up in Phoenix. Um, that is max. I security. did not know that. And um, um, however, Tucson does have the juvenile max security, which are kids who are adjudicated as adults but are not of age to be thrown on a prison yard yet. And, can, um, um, I'm so sorry, but can you explain the word adjudicated? I, I don't, uh, basically, I'm... they were they were tried and convicted as adults, even though they're not adults. Okay, okay, continue. You know, so, uh, I'm so sorry. So yeah, and so then I go to I go into this unit. I call in my clerks. All my clerks were inmates, and I usually have between three and five clerks in each library. They do all the book checkout. They would check in the books. Um, I, I would do the processing, the ordering, of, you know, the librarian stuff that had to be done, cataloging and stuff like that. For the most part, they did all the other stuff. <clears throat> and so I got to work with these guys on a one-on-one -on -one basis. When I was on the uh, um, Winchester unit, I had a murderer, a uh, credit card fraud guy, um, a bank robber, a drug dealer, and I can't be damned. I, I forget what the last guy did. But these guys I worked with. You, like, start, you, know, you start this list off, list off with like, I had a murderer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, I met a lot of guys who are murderers, honestly. Um, I met several, yeah. dozens of them. Um, a lot of people, um, some of them blatantly killed people. Some of them did really stupid things and killed people. Um, some most some claim they never killed anybody. It was their friend, and that was fairly common claim. <laughs> Wrongly um, accused. Yeah, um, uh, but uh, yeah, so it was really, but you know, and all the guys I met met there, um, uh, most I never really met a sociopath. One who was just absolutely like like you like you would see in the movies or never met a psychopath of course they wouldn't send him to a prison they would send him to uh you know like, like ed Gein. somebody like yeah. ed Gein. yeah it's uh they, they don't send those guys to prison um but i never really met a sociopath um um and you know like like i just um uh my original supervisor said to me he goes you know when you walk on these yards you see all these guys in orange you think what a bunch of monsters but you're going to work with them and you're going to get to know them and you realize they're all just regular guys who've done monstrous things oh, i like that and I, and I turned oh. to him and i said you know that's even more disturbing <laughs> <laughs> right. it's like th these guys have comp the capacity at the drop of a hat to do yeah, fucking something monstrous exactly. yeah it's a uh, and you know it's just it's yeah, their willingness to do something like that. And, you know, some people, you know, anybody when they're pushed is going to, will, you know, whether it's because of economics or, you, you know, some asshole walks up to you in a bar, whatever, you know, economic situation, whatever it might be, you know, there's a line mm -hmm. that, you know, where you step over. But usually at the time, you don't think about your stepping over it. I asked one of the guys once, um, who was a, um, who had actually, who was a, um, pharmaceutical dealer. Um, when they arrested him and I saw his record, um, he had a Bentley in his garage. <laughs> he was, his, one of his clients. Good for was him, Anna, man. Good for him. Yeah. One of, his, <laughs> one of his clients was Anna Nicole Smith. Yeah. The Playboy money. I mean, this is where this guy was in, in. They, in fact, they so you, you, you said pharmaceutical and dealer. 
Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. He dealt strictly in pharmaceuticals. We, we get I think that. He was, I think he started out, he had a connection with pharmacists and they just sort of funneled the drugs through and then he sold them. And, um, yeah, I mean, they made a lot of money, lots of money. He goes, I was flying all over the place. I was doing anything I wanted. You know, I could buy anything I wanted. And I go, did it ever occur to you? You know, I asked him one day because he worked for me. And so I got to know him fairly well. So I asked him one day, I go, did it ever occur to you? Fuck, I get caught doing this. I'm in a shitload of trouble. And he goes, he goes, no, I never thought about it. The money was too good. Well, well, like you said, like I just fully drifted into it. Next thing I knew, I was making so much money, I didn't care. I thought I was untouchable. He goes, "That's what the main mistake was." Yes, it was kind of, it was kind of interesting to hear him say that. But he goes, "No, I, I never." He was, he goes, "There was never this line in the sand I stepped over." Oh, I like that. Never a line in the sand. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's it's so interesting to me because I'm such a true crime nerd. That you got to hang out with those dudes, like, <laughs> like it, yeah, you know, I'm probably I can't say that I would like to hang out with those dudes, but just like hearing the way they talk, the way they think, you know, as long as you treat, I I worked there five years, I never had a problem, never. Uh, yeah, I never yeah. had an inmate come at me, I never had anything, and I, the secret was you treated them with respect, you got treated with respect, and most Still of the people couldn't figure that simple fucking thing out, and that's why they got their asses kicked. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think it's time we finally start talking about movie villains. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. It's all good. Well, like, well, as, well, like uh, I'm loving this conversation, but like as the host, I have to keep us moving and keep us on topic. <laughs> so the so, yeah. well, the first so anyway, one. Yeah, that said, giving a background. So the I, honestly, actually, I write about villains. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, let, let the, he, drop he drop some knowledge, man. Tell them about this. Yeah, so he was a Mexican outlaw whose basically entire career is legend. None of it's true. <laughs> it, was all, it was all made up by newspaper writers. And if you want more information about that, feel free to buy my book. Um, the, my book before that was about the Bisbee Massacre, which is also about a bunch of about a bunch of bad guys, cowboys, who rode into a um, Bisbee with the intention of robbing the general store. And while they were robbing the store, the two good guys stood out on the uh, porch and shot everything that moved. By the time they were out of town, they killed four people. And so I investigated that. Um, uh, right now, my next my next book that's on deck, and I can't get much information about it because I don't want to curse it. <laughs> but, um, right. I do have a publisher who's interested in it. It's about all the train robberies in Arizona. And again, I'm looking at the bad guys. I'm which is really different i think for most people for from most people who write western history because most of the people writing western history at this point in time are old white males affluent who at one time or another either worked in law enforcement or were military and me i'm coming from a totally different place which i think i'm i'm questioning i'm questioning these things that they they take for granted who the black hats are and who the white hats are it's so we, funny you say that because i was literally thinking about earlier black hats and white hats that's the thing yeah and you know in movies it works really well but honestly i like more nuanced bad guys as well as i like more nuanced good guys you know that's what makes uh people like wolverine interesting uh, that's right well you see him on my wall right there yeah yeah <laughs> but that's what makes him interesting because he's sort of he has that dichotomy he's a gray hat 
That's, that's the best way to put it, like uh, anti-hero. Yeah. So as far, yeah. But okay, villains. So, <laughs> uh, so I, um, I think, yes. Oh, some of my favorite villains of all time are the James Bond villains. Oh, um, Goldfinger. Yeah, Goldfinger. Dr. No. Um, Dr. No. Um, even the more recent ones like, uh, um, who was it that, uh, Mel's Mixon played with the guard up eye in Casino Royale. Um, he was good. I mean, he, you know, Christopher Walken. I mean, even some of those Roger Moore movies, which Roger, I'd never believe Roger Moore could kick anybody's ass, but <laughs> he, did, he did get good villains to, <laughs> to fight against, you know, and he right. like Grace Jones and, and uh, who was the guy who threw the hat? Oh, uh, odd job. Odd job, yeah. I mean, he's a great, you know, these great, these great henchmen. He went on to do martial arts movies, which is crazy yeah. as hell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's some good ones out. But, yeah, I love the James Bond movies because every one of these guys has an idea. And honestly, they think you know, they're doing the right thing in their they, head. They really do, which is they, they're, you know, it's, it's, they're, they really believe that what they're doing is for the good of society or good of humanity. Well, and that's one of the big things about movie villains is they don't look, look at any true real movie villain. They don't think they are the bad guy. Yeah. You know, like, uh, let's say, let's say like Bane in the 90 or not 90s, uh, yeah. the Nolan Batman series. Yeah. He, he thought he was saving the world. Yeah, but I think still... only the Joker's kind of aware that he might be a bad guy. <laughs> so, so yeah, okay, we're gonna get to that. Okay, I'm gonna get rolling here. I got my list here. I want to talk about movie yeah. villains. So my first one, David, my first one. I'm sure you will appreciate this. Darth Vader. Darth Vader's a good one. It's um, like for me, he was the personification of an overwhelming force. So I. I used a pun there. I wish I shouldn't have done that. You know, you know, the funny thing is, though, is technically he's a henchman. That dude. You're right. Because <laughs> yeah. the emperor is actually the really bad guy. Yeah. It's so like Vader. Vader, Vader, for me, <laughs> Vader for me, like when he walked into the room with the whole, like, forgive me here, the because I've been doing voice work stuff, like. Oh, yeah. You know, like that's when you. Yeah, the first time you see him, he's like, yeah, he was definitely menacing. Um, yeah, definitely. Who else do you have? Oh, okay. Uh, so my next one is Hans Gruber. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love him. I actually also liked his brother, played by Jeremy Irons, in the second movie. That's right. Yes, yeah. yes. Jeremy Irons is amazingly good at playing. God, what was, what was the second Die Hard movie called? Um, Die Hard 2. <laughs> Die, or, yeah, Die Hard 2. Die harder, I think. Die harder. Die die even harder. <laughs> yeah, die super hard. Dude. <laughs> um, I just like yeah, I, I love that. The, yeah, like Jer Jeremy sorry, Irons uh, is an amazingly good actor for playing bad guys. I've seen yes, dude. Yes. Everything from terrorist roles like that to where he's just a philandering husband who doesn't care, and he's like scary. Like, yeah, he's so good at it. He's you know he's like he's just creepy. You know, again, he's one of those people who like you end up going, okay, I understand his motivation, but that was fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Did you ever see uh, the Jackal with uh, Bruce Willis? Speaking mm -hmm. of Bruce Willis movies, where where Bruce Willis was the bad guy. 
Yeah, yeah. I thought that one was written really well. It was the first time I ever saw Norman Reedus. Isn't that based on an older movie? You're probably right. Because uh, I, I have that. I, it's Richard Gere and Richard Gere's in that too, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, it is based on an older movie. Um, in fact, the older movie... Oh, God, I haven't seen it in years. <laughs> I didn't see it, though. Um, the guy's trying to assassinate Charles de Gaulle. And he's oh. like a master assassin. Um, yeah, oh, dude, what is that called? Dude, now it's in my head. Oh, what is that called? The, the funny thing is, after I hit the stop button, it's going to come to my head. Yeah, and I can't remember the, the actor who played him was one of those amazing British actors who's been in everything. And you see him, you go, I know that dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, a good classic bad guy actor, even if you don't know his name, you're going to be, oh, that, there he is again. There he is again. There's, what I'm getting at is like the background actors. They're, oh, yeah, yeah. They're, like, they're um, constantly yeah, the bad guys. Um, yeah, and there's some guys who may have made a career out of playing bad guys. I mean, Christopher Walken. I mean, he's he's really made a career out of playing really bad guys. Um, I just watched. I just rewatched uh, Deer Hunter the other day. Oh yeah, yeah. And, Which is that's a weird film. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of time like King of New York. He's just playing ruthless <laughs> in that movie. Um, let's see. Uh, Gary Oldman started his career doing it. Yeah, I mean, uh, bulletproof is. We need a bad guy called Gary. Oh. And um, probably my favorite, who should have really won an Academy Award for his first performance, his first major breakout performance, was Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes. Um, yeah. Um, his first breakout performance was in Schindler's List as the Nazi commandant. Okay, yeah, yep. I know yeah. exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah once he, you he, picture he, that face, you're like, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and you, you see him in everything, but, you know, he still kind of flies under the radar a little bit, but, uh, I mean, but he did, uh, he was also, um, oh, who's the Harry Potter villain? Uh, Voldemort. Name. Vald yeah. I shouldn't have said it. <laughs> That's where he flies. <laughs> I, should, I shouldn't have said it. You know, when, when they call you up to take that role, you know you're the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's really good at it. And he, I really honestly, really honestly believe he should have won the Academy Award for that performance, at least, you know, Best Supporting Actor. Because he... he I, almost, I didn't realize that was Ray Fiennes. I, I, yeah, you almost feel bad for... Uh, you, you Like, you're watching these horrible things, but he still manages to bring humanity to the role that is really hard to do. He doesn't play this Nazi commandant as just one dimensional. It's this guy, you know, and even Schindler says, you know, a different time, a different place, he would have been a different person, you know? Yeah. The other night when I got home from work, I watched a movie called uh, My Friend Dahmer. Mm -hmm. Have you heard? Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, I've done, like, I the, the post I made on Facebook is, like, I've done the research, like, five, six times. Like, this is, like, the one dude that I've never met that I know the most about. Mm -hmm. Like, I know everything about this guy's life. I, I just do. And uh, this movie, My Friend Dahmer, was fucking amazing. Like, just speaking about villain, Dahmer. I have to watch it. Dahmer's a, a villain. That's he's a oh, yeah, he was fucked up. <laughs> he, he's a yeah, natural he villain. One percent that we're actually real sociopaths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, uh, my friend Dahmer was amazing. It was written well. It was actually written by a dude that went to high school with him. Wow. And you know, and then they you know like filled in this that and the other thing. 
but it, what it was more about was like him growing up and being awkward and weird and mm-hmm. like uh the one thing like uh that really amazed me silly amazed me about the movie is like okay if you ever watch any footage of jeffrey Dahmer, he walks with his uh, like shoulders like down yeah hunched over he yeah like and uh this kid this kid does it through the entire movie and it's just like for some reason i was like damn <laughs> like because he like captured it he just captured it because like i don't do you remember i went to comic-con last comic-con as jeffrey dahmer Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no, I, a, I just took an appreciation from that. Yeah, no, it's a uh, no, it's a uh, and that uh, yeah, if you're playing, um, who was the girl who played? Uh, God, it made it made her career. The one who plays the Charlize Theron. Is that who you're thinking of? Yeah, the yeah. Mon- monster. Oh my God, yeah, yeah, amazing portrayal, and it really made her career. I yeah, mean, seriously, all of a sudden people took her as a serious actress because she you know, wasn't pretty. <laughs> well, and if yeah, you know but... anything about Eileen Warnos, like she was on point, you know, like they, yeah. they kind of, yeah. they candy coated shit with, uh, forget, um, yeah, what, uh, God, Christina Ricci. Yeah. They, they candy coated her character story, but yeah, it, that's an on point movie too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, uh, real life those, villains those are, are actually more scary <laughs> you know the funny thing is is i'm not a big fan of slasher movies i just don't like them um like uh movies like hostel even the jason series freddy krueger i could put up with because it was done in a dream straight and they could do a lot of really cool stuff with the uh special effects but honestly slasher movies just bore the hell out of me well see yeah. i love slasher flicks the, uh, so you brought up Hostel. So Hostel, yeah. Hostel is what they call torture porn. Torture porn, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh, so like Freddy, Jason, I like, I love the scary slasher flicks that they, oh, there's no way to get away from this guy. Yeah. But when the movie, all it is, is like, I don't like Saw for that reason. I have yeah, I've never liked same. the Saw series because it's torture I, porn. I saw the first one and I thought the first one was ingenious but once they just started repeating it's like let's see how many parts ways so, let's see how gross we can get yeah and it just became kind of like the first one was an ingenious film and i'll give it credit but after that it was like yeah let's, this this it became torture porn and i i just don't have any i like a good ghost story <laughs> um, you know throw in the supernatural part i want to see vampires i want to see there you go there you ghosts. go Speaking of which, stuff. speaking of which, your fucking uh, cosplay for Halloween uh, for the <laughs> dude, well done, sir. Well done. Those nails were so uncomfortable. <laughs> I bet, dude. So, like, so uh, David did uh, the Thirty Days a Night Vampires, and it was great. You like, I, Houston. Speaking of another guy who's really good at playing a bad guy. He's been in a lot of stuff, and most people don't realize it. Um, uh, I first ran across him in the Proposition, um, uh, Australian Western, where he plays the older outlaw brother, and he's ruthless, brutal. Um, he, which actor yeah, is that? Hmm? Wh- which actor is that? Say the name. Danny Houston. And who is that? He's the guy who plays the lead vampire. Matt Marlowe. Marlowe. Yeah. God. Yeah, he, no, he's God. He's been in a lot of stuff. He also played... Um, did you see Wonder Woman? I did. He was the commandant at the end of that who fights Wonder Woman. 
or she kills him in the in the house at the end. He's that commandant. It's like he's that good a chameleon actor. He's Angelic. He's just his brother, stepbrother. I think. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, it's one of those weird things. Like, but no, he's an amazingly good actor, and he's really good at doing that chameleon bad guy thing. You know, I, I just like Thirty Days a Night is uh, one of my personal favorites. Oh yeah, I love the film. Yeah, like uh, when um, like I I kind of did the the when uh, she's the woman is walking out and she's bait. She's bait. Yeah. And Marlo walks up, you know, after the fact. She's like, "Oh God, help me!" He said, "Gah, no gah." And, yeah, and, like, and, and he looks up at the stars, kind of looks around and goes. Oh God! Just so good. So, and like they haven't made, in my personal opinion, they haven't made a good vampire movie in probably twenty years. Yeah, that's the best one I've seen in a while. It's a personal honestly. favorite of mine. You know, yeah. they they did um, like subsequent movies to oh, wait, that. Wait, wait, wait! I did like. Uh, um, there's been a couple out recently. Um, that I did like. I don't know how old they are though. Um, Let the right one in. Oh, I've never seen that. Oh my God, the little. Oh yeah, see it. So <laughs> I'm not gonna ruin it for you. Um, it, the 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 vampire in it is scary as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also a movie called Byzantine. I've seen um, that. I, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, which uh, which I thought was really good. I liked the I liked uh, the mother in it. You know, the, basically she she goes from being like this this bedraggled whore into like this super killer vampire and then spends all her time like yeah it's i mean she uh gina something rather can't remember her last name she was really good <laughs> uh and again you have like this it's, it's funny because she even though she's a vampire like i love the scene where she 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 takes the uh pimp drug dealer out to the beach and rips his throat out <laughs> and stands up in a mouthful of blood and goes you know cleans her face off and goes the world would be a much more beautiful place without you. <laughs> I, I cry. I, I laugh so hard when you said that. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, that's another one of those really good vampire films that has come out in the last twenty years. Um, you can't forget. You can't forget Interview with the Vampire. Interview with the Vampire was really good. I love the book better, in fact, actually, um, because honestly, at the time, because being. I understand when Anne Rice wrote it, um, she had just lost her, lost her daughter. Um, her, da her daughter died. And uh, she. Um, I read an interview with her where she said, uh, she goes, I wanted to write a philosophical book questioning the existence of God, but I didn't know how, so I wrote an interview with a vampire. <laughs> and I was like, and what, so I read it again after I read it. And I was like, oh my God, that's exactly what this is. This Louis, Louis is her, you know, not, it's not Lestat who's important. It's Louis who's actually probably the embodiment of what was going on in her brain, where he's always questioning, always trying to find the reason. And he never gets it. Well, for the, for the listeners out there, Louis is uh, Brad Pitt, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Played by Brad Pitt in the movie, but yeah, in, in the book, he's always, he's always looking for the answer. And of course is Albert Camus. So, you know, yeah. Observantly pointed out, we don't get an answer in this life. Uh, <laughs> that's just the state of things, you know. You can believe what you want to, but you don't get a true answer. And uh, but uh, yeah, I really like that about that. And Brad Pitt, um, 
Brad Pitt can be an amazingly good actor if you put him with the right person. He, he right needs to have the, he needs to have the right story. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was very good in the assassination of Jesse James. He played Meet Joe Black. Yeah, excellent. Meet Joe Black was amazing. Uh, yeah, he he can be he can be very good. Is I wish he would do more roles like that. Um, he's really good in uh, Legends of Fall with Anthony Hopkins. Legends. Oh um, wow, I forgot about yeah. that one. I yeah, forgot about that a, one. Uh, yeah, seven show. years, seven years in Tibet. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, um, Troy. Troy. Yeah. He he killed yeah. it in Troy. But yeah, it is. But on the bad guy trope, he did an excellent job. I think he's the best Jesse James I ever saw because he's a little narcissistic. Um, you know, at one point he's like, you know, there's two people they know in Europe, Mark Twain and Jesse, Jesse James. James. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, and Jesse James probably did become pretty full of himself. Yeah. I mean, um, he was, I mean, he lasted, he had lasted most other bank robbers. <laughs> I mean, really, he has probably the most, the longest lasting outlaw career that we can track. Um, you know, John Dillinger, year and a half. That's it. Uh, Bonnie and Clyde about two years. Pretty Boy Floyd about three. Um, Babyface Nelson about two. Uh, you know, mo mostly outlaws. The Sam Bass gang didn't last more than two years. It is very very rare that anybody did what Jesse James did. I think his career from 1866 to 1881. I the think fact that you know that off the top of your head, David. Goddamn. <laughs> 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 so real real quick uh we're gonna take a quick break i'm gonna hit pause real quick okay back after the break uh david was talking about jesse james can you continue that thought do you remember where oh, you yeah. remember where you were at yeah no it's uh no he was actually quite the outlaw um and like i said it, really nobody had a career as long as his and that i think that's one i mean even billy the kid billy the kid were looking at two years maybe three and he doesn't really become infamous until he kills those guys um at the uh lincoln county courthouse That's okay what really makes his career jesse james just becomes legendary uh you know early on i mean it's to the point that his uh, i think it was his brother frank james who wrote to remington to thank them for making such a good pistol for the business he was in. <laughs> oh my God. Later on, Clyde Barrow of uh, Bonnie and Clyde fame wrote to Ford Motor Company to let them know that they he loves stealing their cars. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> so that makes me yeah, that makes like, me laugh because I've been doing research because I want to do a uh, a uh, Bonnie and Clyde episode. Mm. That that's one that I would really like to do because you think of the I don't want to derail what you're thinking. Go ahead, keep going. I'm just no, no, it's no. There's a God. Jeff Gwynn wrote a great book on them, and I highly recommend it. He researched the hell out of them, um, and you find out really, really they were very, very poor kids. Yeah, Slab City or three. was it Slab um, City or something like that? The yeah, they're both both out of Texas. Um, it, yeah, he he really did his research, and you find out that yeah, these kids really had nothing else, and you find that's a very calm i found that's a very common theme among criminals um that i actually met people who committed crimes um and uh that a lot of it was just due to um 
economic hardship. Shitty, um, shitty situations. Guy, yeah. I met a guy who grew up in the projects um, back east. I think I want to say Chicago or somewhere like that. And he told me, he goes, you know, I looked over. I said, he goes, my mother wouldn't. My mother didn't show up to get because his mother was a junkie. Um, she didn't show up to get him into high school. He goes, I started looking around. What can I do? I don't have any skills. I go work at McDonald's. Or I see these guys driving around in Mercedes Benz, and I know what they're doing. He ended up killing two guys in drug deals, uh, in a drug deal gone bad. Ended up 20, 22 years flat time. Um, you know. While he was inside, he taught himself. He became Muslim. He, he became a Muslim, and taught himself how to read Arabic. <laughs> and, yeah, and devout Muslim. Not he wasn't just posing. I mean, you don't teach yourself to read Arabic if you're not devout. And this <laughs> th th this was a guy that you talked to on not necessarily the yard. Yeah. Oh, he was one of my clerks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah he was one of my clerks. <laughs> this yeah. is this is something I would like to dive deeper into in another interview. Because okay. uh, it, it, yeah, it's yeah, just so. a thing for me. I dig it, man. Because <laughs> like, well, what if, uh, go ahead. Going back to cinematic villains, one of my favorites. I mean, he the character's a little over the top, um, but played very well. And his henchman was great. Um, both of his henchmen are great. Um, was a top dollar in the crow. Oh, 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 <laughs> oh! Yeah, you know, you're hearing a vein for me. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, bang, bang, yeah, fuck, I'm dead. Uh, played by Michael Winfield. I think that's not the right name. Something like that. He also played uh, the bad, one-eyed bad guy in a, um, in the '90s version of the Three Musketeers. He has this very deep, growly voice, which really helps. I've seen him in a few other. Well, he, he sounds like that all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's his natural voice. Um, but he's very good at playing bad guys and. Uh, but yeah, he's exceptionally good. And Bai Ling plays his henchman, girlfriend, lover, sister. <laughs> it's kind of creepy. <laughs> but uh, and she when you hit that territory, another, yeah, she's also another one who has an amazing, amazing record of playing like, you know, she's Asian, and so she this record of playing really evil Asian bad girls vampires and everything else was not that well known up here in the states but fairly famous she also i don't know how long ago that movie was made but i saw a picture of her recently she still looks exactly the freaking same <laughs> scarily the same <laughs> i think there's a, a contract in hell with her blood signature on it all <laughs> <laughs> right S sitting next to elizabeth uh, sitting next to elizabeth bathory hanging yeah. out with those guys oh it's yeah, speaking of great historic bad guys, um, yeah, she, that girl probably, yeah, she gets a sociopath. And her and Vlad the Impaler. And, oh, okay, God. How how one? have I not done an episode on Vlad yet? Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a good question. There's one, and I, I, will, I will dig it up, and I'll let you know who it is. Um, there was one, God, he was a conqueror, and... He, and it's a true story, he actually, he was going to invade this town. Uh, the sound, town sent envoy, basically he would, he would, he gave a town, every town a choice, the walled cities and stuff like that. And this is back in like the 1400s, 1500s. And he's saying, you pay me tribute, I won't raise your town. You don't pay me tribute, I'm going to kill everybody. 
So <laughs> one of these towns decided they would try to negotiate. And so they sent, you know, the imperial court out to talk to him. And he was like, no, this is this is how it's going to be. You, you know, you. And so he took the imperial court members, put them on catapults and threw them against the wall. <laughs> <in> the <city. laughs> like that's that's it, it, correct me if I'm wrong. It's biological warfare. Yeah, <laughs> except I think they were alive at the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, like well, uh, I, I've, uh, I've, I've been doing because you know I'm a weird motherfucker. I've uh, been doing research on the Black Plague, mm. and, uh, and they would literally take corpses that were plague-ridden and dead and catapult mm-hmm. them over walls. Oh yeah, it's, over uh, to, over walls to fucking infect people. That's yeah. I forgot. I was trying to think. Sorry, I'm. <laughs> I was gonna say I that's said, biological warfare. You... <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I remember I sent you a. Uh... God, I can't remember the name of them now. Sorry. Um, there was this weird group of. <sighs> Sorry, it's not coming to me. Um, <laughs> It's a, there, there was this family, the Bentons, I want to say, you should look at, look into them. They were, um, serial killers Hmm. in Kansas. I want to say Kansas. Uh, Sorry. It's really vague in my brain. I'm sure I'll find it after you telling me this. Yeah. They, they, I I sent it to you on a messenger, but, um, the, uh, the bloody Bentons. Yeah. The bloody. Um, Oh, oh, I know this. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They they have people stay at their hotel and kill them or rob them. I, uh, the, I forget what the lady's name was. She said, I am the devil's wife. I am the devil's daughter. And and she hung herself as people were coming to lynch them. Yeah. She, she she hung herself. Speaking of good ones, I was like, and when I when I read the story, I was like, "Oh, Keith should do a." It's kind of it's kind of crazy. Like when people think of me, like uh, like oh yeah, uh, he's he's got like because I've done like random podcasts and yeah. guest guests. I've uh, I recently did a uh, guest spot on a podcast called "Where's the Line," and I was brought on as a serial killer expert. <laughs> I'm like fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, well, yeah. Well, time I run across one of those weird ones like that, I'm like, ah, something he may not have heard about. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and here's the thing, dude. Is like every time I feel like I've heard the pinnacle of like what a human being can do to another human being, I fucking find some new shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god. Yeah, but we're. Uh, we're talking about movie villains. <laughs> the movie, yeah, movie villains, and and literature villains. Cause yes, yes, that. yes. And uh, you you had mentioned, uh, oh, who's the uh, um, Lord of the Rings? Yes, Saruman. Saruman, yeah. And I was like, um, one I would suggest to you, and I will I will give a forewarning to any of your readers if or listeners. If you are easily triggered, do not read this book. <laughs> um, it's by Cormac McCarthy, and it's called Blood Meridian. Yes, um, yes, I wrote that down. I'm glad you brought that up. Yes. Yeah. Um, there is a character in it called the Judge, who is usually 
if you look up top 10 literary villains, he inevitably makes the list. <laughs> um, and the book itself is, um, it's a story about scalp hunters in the 1850s who go down to Mexico to chase natives and scalp them for reward. So wow. you're always talking a really dark subject to begin with. Um, the book never lets up. It is brutal all the way through. Um, it literally, it, it is. The blood, it, the blood meridian. The blood meridian. I read it. I read it, and it stuck with me for six months afterwards. Oh, and, dude, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna yeah. have to. <laughs> um, it's a tough read because Cormac McCarthy doesn't like to use a lot of punctuation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get that. I get and, that. And, and you're yeah. reading it, going, "Oh, oh, wow! Wait, somebody's saying something here." But run, yeah, run the judge, on sentences. The judge, and... who is the main protagonist in it, is scary just plain scary they've tried several times to turn it into a movie but nobody's been capable of doing it if uh to give people idea of who cormac mccarthy is um he did they've done two three movies based on his books um all the pretty horses oh i've seen that movie yeah no country for old men i actually have that written down actually have yeah, that written yeah down. there's another one of those really great movie villains um, and uh, this the, uh, that this co this coin just saved your life. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> if, if you've seen those any of those three movies, you have a hint of what Corbin McCarthy is capable of. Um, wow. The very very good job with uh, uh, No Country for Old Men. It follow it follow. Oh, he also did The Road. Oh 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 really? Yeah. The Road yeah. is uh, one of my favorite books of all time. The dial, yeah, the dialogue, the right. I'm sorry, I'm nerding out on you. It's okay. The the writing, the dialogue, the imagery, and I, one thing I loved about it was, uh, it was the the what was it, the old man and the child. Yeah. That's how the characters were referred to. And it, it dude, yeah, <laughs> that that one hit yeah. me right here in the feels. That that yeah, that whole. So blood Imagine that amped up to ten, and you get an idea of what Blood Meridian's like. <laughs> it's just real. Man, I, I, I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea yeah, who you so. were talking about. Wow. Yeah, most people don't. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, we no, we're no longer a literary society. So you go, Cormac McCarthy. You have to tell what movies they made of it. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, they made a movie about it. They made a movie about it. There's another. There's another one. I uh, have, a, have a penchant for old French literature. And there was another guy named Jules D'Arvilly who wrote uh, Les Diaboliques, um, which has been translated into English. And it's the story of these five women who are villains. Well, I would venture a guess to say that it translates into the diabolical. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, basically, it, um, it's... Some people might read it as being, um, especially because this is written in the late 1800s, um, which was very much patriarchal time, et cetera, et cetera. And D.R. Billy's writing does have that kind of, you know, f that generality of femme fatales. But if you can take yourself away from that and just read them as good stories, 
yeah some of them are pretty good <laughs> yeah but yeah say, that's, say his that's name going again back there if somebody really wants to read it uh guy de maupassant was also very good at those say, um, say the name uh, of that author again real quick guy named guy de maupassant oh wow okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, most of this has been translated into uh he was very good at ghost stories um uh-huh. and uh things like that and, but he always has these femme fatales uh, which are, and you know, women unfortunately don't get their just desserts. Dude, when it comes to being a agreed. Bad guys. Agreed. Like, uh, I think one of my favorite female heroes, quote unquote, yeah. is because, uh, like, if you look around my house, like, you guys cannot there see it, but David can, like, hero, 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 hero. And, like, heroes are my thing. And uh, I think my one of my favorite female heroes is uh, Wrigley from. Alien. Oh yeah. Oh no, That's Ridley. Ridley Man versus nature movies. I think. Yeah, yeah. Like Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> and fuck all that shit. <laughs> Just worse teeth. <laughs> <laughs> so what? I, what I'm getting at with that point is like the importance, <laughs> the importance in a story of a good villain. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because that that uh, like think about it. Like let's say let's say we had a Batman movie. With no Joker, how interesting would that be? Yeah. Or and, you know, yeah. I would like to see somebody do. I, I think honestly, you can't. The Joker has been well played. Oh yeah, we got to talk about Joker. We got to talk and, about Joker. Uh, I I don't. I don't know how anybody. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix could probably take it another step, but I almost hope he don't. Doesn't because. I don't want to see a sequel because that movie was so it, good. It's a masterpiece that needs to stay what it is. Yeah. Um, the same thing with uh, Heath Ledger's performance. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and some of the comic books that have come out have been pretty bleak. Uh, yeah. the, uh, you know, but the problem with the Joker is right now it's like... Um, and actually I didn't like... I, I didn't mind... What Jared Leto? Uh, uh, thank you, thank you. His performance wasn't bad. Thank you, because um, he played he played the Joker in a different yeah. Uh, vein. Yeah, and he, and he was smart enough to avoid all the previous incarnations. He played it his own way, and I really liked it. I mean, he was his laugh was character. his his laugh for me was hard to like. That was the one thing that got me because like you know I'm a, I'm a Mark Hamill guy. Yeah. Ah, you know, like you, I can't even begin <laughs> begin to imitate Mark Hamill, but uh, Jared Leto's Joker laugh was ha 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 ha, ha. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it was it was weird it was weird, but like oh, I, yeah, yeah yeah but I mean Joker has to be over is over the top anyway mm-hmm. I mean he is you know he's is. He is a full-on... He's not a psychopath. He's a sociopath. Okay. Okay. Um, I, 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 that's, he he's is, a narcissistic sociopath. Yeah. He knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Um, he's playing everybody. <laughs> and he's playing them against each other. And he's really good at it. Um, he's... Yeah, there's something... He's deranged, but it, there, there's a... It's... He's not... You know, a psychopath is, you know... I would think 
I think of a psychopath as somebody who just snaps one day and goes and shoots up a fucking concert. Well, um, like the definition of a psychopath is somebody that has no uh, no re- recourse for the consequences of their actions. Yeah, that's the definition. Where a sociopath is very well aware of what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, there you, you go. <laughs> there you yeah, go. So I would argue the Joker is a sociopath. However, I would like to see them explore some of the other. Catwoman has unfortunately, because of Halle Berry, although um, I would say Michelle Pfeiffer started taking her in the right direction. Um, Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer was the first. Well, yeah. no, no. Uh, oh, there was uh, Adrian, Adrian Bardot. Yeah, there was a lot of those old ones who did her. But, you know, it was always as leather clad sex symbol <laughs> she was the sex in batman <laughs> she, michelle yes. pfeiffer was like perfect way to put that dude perfect way to yeah, put that michelle pfeiffer kind of took that and like ran with it that's like Meow. okay what happens when <laughs> yeah she's sexy but she's just plain bad right, but she you know she's in for revenge and it's oddly enough another one of those characters who she's a villain but you actually sympathize with her because you know, shitty things happen to her. Um, uh, but I would love, really love to see somebody take, and then Halle Berry just made her just. It, well, it, it, it changed again. the character. It's not yeah. even the same person. Patience, yeah. Patience Williams. Yeah she, came, yeah, she took her back to being eye, to a sex, you know, sex object in Batman, um, which was really sad. Um, I would like to, I would love to see them explore some of the other characters like, Riddler could be very interesting. Personal favorite. Personal yeah. favorite. Um, Two Face. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I wish you guys could see me. I threw my arms up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, I mean, the Batman, little Batman universe, could be much better explored. And some of these characters, I'd love to see like a background story on Riddler. That'd be cool. Right. Ed, Ed, uh, e Enigma. Edward Enigma. And he, um, he's personal however, favorite. Then again. I also want my bad guys to be bad. Um, okay, I, I will give Angelina Jolie as Maleficent did a good job. Oh, okay, she okay. Got a good backstory on it. She wasn't as bad as you thought she was. How do you make Cruella DeVille a good guy? That, yeah, right. How do you make that, her that, sympathetic? She wants to skin dogs. Yeah, <laughs> that, 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 there's, no, there's no redeeming that. She's just a bad person. She's just a bad person. You know? I, 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 yeah, I'm just waiting for how are you going to turn Scar into a good guy? <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, Disney's pushing this a little too far now. Um, you know, I, yeah, I can't wait to see the Snow White's Evil Queen, you know, where she's like, <laughs> bring, her, bring me her heart in a box. How do you justify bring that? Me, bring me her heart. <laughs> Guys, bring me her heart in a box. Yeah, <laughs> that's in the story. Just yeah, so you in know, the story. Yeah, yeah. Justify that one. Make make that a nice children's story. <laughs> um, yeah, the villain villains should really remain villains. Um, <laughs> it's better that way. Make them sympathetic, but they should remain villains. Uh, well, and we're, we're getting into the area of like classic villains. You know, like the dichotomy of good versus evil. Yeah. So let's say Batman, Joker. I say. Um, the one, the one that I didn't bring up cinematically was uh, the Green Goblin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Spider-Man, Green Goblin. The Willem Dafoe. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to give spoilers. I've seen the new Spider-Man movie two times. I'm sure, David, you're not surprised. 
I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but Willem uh, Dafoe, Willem Dafoe can be like a hell, hell of a hell of a good guy or a hell of a bad guy, but he can also play a hell of a good guy because he did play Jesus Christ in a movie <laughs> that pissed a lot of people off. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Well, uh, uh, what about Boondock Saints? Like, because you know, we're talking about movies. Well, we're yeah, talking about movies now. Areas where, yeah, I mean, you got bad guys killing badder guys. You know. Yeah, and, yeah, because uh, he turned into a gray Jedi at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah, he, he, I, I remember the scene where he shot that guy in the face and does this weird Willem Dafoe like <laughs> face. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? And yeah, like, yeah. And like for me, that was like fuck. Like, th that was just a good scene because Willem Dafoe in Boondock Saints was a gay man. Yeah. And he was the good guy. And I don't know what yeah. I'm really truly getting at, but just because he was gay at that time in the 90s, it was this weird bullshit. But well, actually, I actually hate to say the 90s were a little bit more, per having lived through them, was a little bit more permissible than it is now. <laughs> Me too. I was there too. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was a little bit I behind. Know what, but... Our backcountry did some backslide, 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 but it did. Yeah, like... yeah. <laughs> well, like, well, even on that note, let's like think about like '90s villains. You know, we got uh, shit, dude. Like, oh, I, I, oh I... Rebecca De Mornay in. Oh God, she was so good at it. She also played a. She was also in that uh, Three Musketeers movie. She played Lady De Winter, and oh, there is a classic <laughs> female villain, Lady De Winter, who's been played by Lana Turner. Um, oh God, Lana Turner. I can't remember. There's like about four <laughs> actresses who played her, and they all play her with this great maleficence. Like, of course, she gets her head cut off in the end, but that's okay. <laughs> she always, she's always just, she's just one of those classic liter literary and cinematic villains of female villains which are so very rare um you know that's she, a I good love, point I love rebecca Nabonet and she's in in the film she tim curry another great guy who's good at playing villains um one of the best again. um uh she, she tim curry plays richelieu and she he threatens her and she whips out a knife sticks it up to his genitalia and says I can change your religion with this. <laughs> I remember wrist. that. I remember that. <laughs> and it's so, and she's just looking at him and he's like, oh, <laughs> in his normal Tim Curry-ness. Yeah, you know, it's like, he, he his reaction is great, but it's like, yeah. No, she was like, a, but yeah, I can't remember. The stepmother <laughs> or something like that. I forget what it was called. But at one point, you know, the, the, one of the kids is bullying her, her charge, her the young girl. And she comes up to him and grabs him by the arm. She goes, I could break your freaking arm. And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't expect women to be like, you know, but she was really good at it. I don't know what happened to her. You made me think of uh, like great performances as far as villains, because we're talking about movie villains. Yep. The, the Kurgan in Highlander. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Clancy Brown was the actor's name. He's a, I've been doing voice acting. He's one of my inspirations because mm -hmm. I, I david i can talk to you up here but i can also talk to you like down here and like think about uh, different things to say to you that don't sound great like like uh, happy halloween ladies <laughs> but, 
the, you, you you remember that you remember Highlander, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, yeah, another another one. Um, going back to the cowboy villains, um, a really fun one, and I'm sure he had a ball playing it. Was a uh, Curly Bill in Tombstone, who is the leader of the cowboys until Wyatt shoots him, but he's just this. You know, you you get the feeling, even though he's killing people right and left, he'd be a really fun guy to hang out with. <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, uh, God, what was that actor's name again? This, mm. That's the dude in the red shirt through the whole movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, he just died a couple of years ago. In fact, like, he, he, he he'd be fun to do some shots with. Powers Booth. Yeah, he he he, uh, he also played a a saloon keeper in a uh, Deadwood. He's really good at that too. Did also, he really? Yeah, I did he not know that. Pretty, he didn't actually. After he died, I looked up his movie roles, and he only had like a very small. He really didn't do a lot, um, but um, yeah, he was a very very good at. But yeah, Deadwood, he's kind of brutal, um, <laughs> kind of crazy too. It's really he did a good job of it. Well, it's funny. Like if you watch, you know, you watch Deadwood and stuff like that, and like you hear like the dialogue. Back in the day, they're not gonna say you motherfucker piece of shit. They're gonna say dag nabbit. <laughs> Actually, I've done some research onto that. Um, uh, the curse words that we have, and you don't get it unless you start looking at court documents, um, because they would censor them in the newspaper. Um, one of the stories um, I did recently for the Tombstone Epitaph was a um, the story of a Mrs. Jones, who was the first, she committed one of the first murders in the town of Globe, Arizona. And these... Dude, David, we need to talk this. more about fucking research on episodes, dude. We need to do this. I Just... will make it as short as I possibly can, but um, she had married the U.S. Marshal of the Territory, divorced him in California, and remarried. Husband got killed, came back to Arizona, remarried a third time to a guy named Mr. Jones, and was living in Globe. And she had... Her husband was not living with her, and she had developed something of a reputation as a prostitute where i i can't say for certain but you know that that was the rumor um so these two guys get drunk and go to her door <laughs> i love a story these two guys get drunk <laughs> <laughs> yeah two guys get drunk sounds like it. and uh, they not they knock on her door um and she comes to the door and the one guy peers in the window and it says i'm here for a fuck and a, or a <laughs> bottle of wine and a fuck. And of course, in the newspaper, they blank it out. But in the court testimony, they actually say, he said, she, he came to the door and she, and um, so she shot him in the head with a 38 revolver. <laughs> Dude, so, she, so she shot him in the head with it. <laughs> when the oh officer arrived on the scene to, uh, you know, investigate, um, she told the officer, this is not the place you come to for a bottle of wine and a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, they did actually use those words and have those words back then. They just usually got censored unless you go into the court documents and then you find out what they actually said. Oops. And they actually did have it wasn't as bad as what they did in Deadwood, but they did use oaths, as they call them in the in the most proper Victorian way in the old <laughs> yeah, proper, yeah, there you go. There you go. I like that proper Victorian way. 
<laughs> yeah, so so yeah, it probably wasn't as bad as Deadwood. They probably weren't calling each other cocksuckers, but you know. Um, <laughs> one thing I love about Deadwood, um, speaking of great movie villain, uh, great cinematic villains, even though it was a TV series, um, Ian McShane, who played Al Swearengen, was wonderfully good at what he did. Um, he's really the star of the show because um, he's this pimp saloon owner and he's pretty brutal and he kills a lot of people in the show. <laughs> but you end up liking him by the end I of the show. I shouldn't like, laugh at that. Like this fucker. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so... Uh, my next but, one, uh, the one that I, not my next one, one that I forgot to mention was probably my favorite movie villain of all time. It, I, I, Mad Max is my, close to my heart, one thing that I love. Oh, which one? Uh, uh, we'll say, okay, so The Road Warrior. The Road Warrior, oh yeah. Yeah, Humongous. 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 Yes. Just, just walk away. Just walk yeah. away. And it, Think about and that. His henchman was great too. I forget who played him. Uh, he was the guy. He was in. He was in. Uh, he was in uh, Commando. Yeah, the Mohawk. Yeah, I know his name. I know his yeah, name. I guess not coming to me. But you know, <laughs> just just walk away. Just walk. In the, that was one of my things. Is I was like a seven year old, and that sticks in. <laughs> and that sticks in my head, because that that oh, yeah. that was where where my dad and I connected a lot was Mad Max. We'd watch that. We'd watch Road Warrior. We'd watch uh, Mad Max. We'd watch Beyond Thunderdome. Oh, yeah, the original's good too, with uh, Toe Cutter and uh, Toe Cutter. Thank you. Yeah, yes, and, uh, Bubba. Bubba. Yeah, Bubba. yeah, yeah, dude. And oh, dude. Yeah, we're. I'm. I. I've, it's taking everything I have not to rehash the entire <laughs> story of fucking Road Warrior. But yeah. And, and, okay. Let's. But originally, this was supposed to be movie monsters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, so, I, I think we've had a great conversation to this point. Oh yeah, no. Um, but uh, movie monsters. Um, I went to see, oddly enough, a few years back at the Gaslight Theater um, in Tucson. They put on a few years back, decades back. I don't think they ever did it again. They put on the Phantom of the Opera. Oh. And they made a mistake. Because the problem with Phantom of the Opera is that by the end of the film, you're sympathetic with the Phantom. Even That's the, the story, though. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and originally, and of course, the Gaslight Theater is supposed to be, um, you know, cheer the hero, boo the villain. But by the end of the by the second end of the second act, people were no longer booing the villain. They were no longer booing the phantom because it, the story confuses you. And it's kind of like Frankenstein's the same way. It's like the Frankenstein monster does horrible things, but he's a sympathetic character. Well, it's not his fault. It's not his fault. It's not Frankenstein's monster's fault at all. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I love the, I love the Shelley book. Where, where, and I think I think the thing that catches why Mary Shelley's book was so popular and still remains a great is she was, you know, qu really questioning the existence of a god, um, and saying, "Well, you made me, and you made me this way, and now I'm here <laughs> for revenge because I'm pissed off because I didn't want to be made in the first place, and you made me this way, 
and now I'm going to kill everything. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and you're, you know, you're like, wow, okay. I empathize with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I love I love black and white. Like uh, I remember I sent you a list of like topics to talk about. I I love black and white comedy, black and white horror. I I like uh like creature from the creature from the black lagoon. It's purple. Oh yeah. It's a favorite of mine cuz it's just I don't like water. Fuck water. <laughs> you know, and then you got, you know, the just the writing of like Mary Shelley's uh was it Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Just uh, I have those physical books, and it's to have those. God, I'm, I have this big point I'm trying to make. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> just, just like uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Oh yeah. Like, uh-huh. You know, like that that kind of stuff. I I just love it because it was horror before we had TVs. You get what I'm saying? It, there, there's no going to the movies. Yeah. There's no going. No going to the movies, no sitting down and watching your fucking 47-inch fucking flat screen. You, you read Dr. Jekyll, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, uh, 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 Frankenstein. Uh, come on, I know, you got, I know you know some. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, um, one of, yeah, I mean, they, they were, it was film, and they had a very short time to compress a long story into it, and they had to make it resonate. And the funny thing about it, Almost all of those old movie villains, the Wolfman, the Jekyll Wolfman. Hyde, okay, yes, yes. Um, Frankenstein, Dracula might be an exception. Um, well, Dracula has been around hundreds of years. Yeah, um, Creature of the Black Lagoon is. A lot of these are very sympathetic characters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yes, they're monsters, quote, but they're sympathetic to the people watching. It's like. Oh wow, that's really fucked up that they made this poor guy out of parts. It's like it's not it's not his fault. He said he says friend, fire. That's what makes them such really wonderful, lasting villains. Are they villains? I wouldn't say Frankenstein's monster is a villain. He was just a creation. Yeah, and werewolf. Um, the original Wolfman movies, uh, if you watch the um, oh, the old Hammer horror film with uh, Christopher, or no, Oliver Reed, um, he doesn't want to be a werewolf. He never plans for this. It just happens to him because he's born on Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> and he turns into a werewolf later on. And he's like, he's like he never wants this. It's like he doesn't. And Lon Chaney version is the same. Lon Chaney. Lon Chaney. Yeah, Lon Chaney Jr., sorry. It's, it's a curse. You know, the curse, in literally a movie's called The Curse of the Werewolf. Um, it's like, uh, yeah, and so, you know, so many of these characters didn't want to be this. Or, you know, you have later movies where, you know, some creature's living in peace and uh, we disturb his habitat. And, uh, you know, in a lot of those 1950s movies, um, you know, we nuked the shit out of the place like giant ant, little ants turned into giant ants. You know, <laughs> they didn't ask for this. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and that, I think, I think that... Uh, Godzilla. You know, Godzilla, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, all, all these creatures that, these movie monsters, a lot of them are very sympathetic characters. And well, I it's think not that's their what, fault. Yeah, it's what makes it, what makes the character resonate with people today because you know we're like 
because a lot of us feel the same way. We're like, you know, the, it, it's, you know, we didn't ask for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's, that's why this shit happened. <laughs> right. That's why, that's why a lot of people love the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, uh, like you said, you brought up, you brought up Wolfman, <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, I'm trying to like Lon Chaney. Dude. Yeah, I've, I've I've got this shit in my head. I'm trying to fucking like drive forward. Lon, Lon okay, so, was, like Cheney, like the Hulk. Cheney Senior was was an amazing actor. Yes, um, I guess from what I've read, and you should podcast on sometime. Um, his parents were both deaf. What? Yeah, and that's why he learned to um, pantomime so well, and it shows up in his films, and that's why he really. And no matter who they put him up against, his pantomime was so good because he spent the entire part of his youth pantomiming for his parents. <laughs> so he had a really tragic life. He married badly and everything else. But, you know, he's a man of a thousand faces. Jim, Jimmy Cagney did a movie about him later, which they kind of played down the shitty parts of his marriage. <laughs> and stuff like that. But, oh, yeah, he was an amazing, amazing actor. Um, and the things he would do to his body to, like, for one of his movies, um, he had to play a legless man. So he literally tied his legs, his calves up to his thighs, strapped them in place, and they could only keep him in, in those for, like, 15 minutes at a time before the leg cut, the, the blood cut off to his legs. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Uh, dedication to your craft right like um, i think i would love to he actually put tape on his nose to pull it up so it looked more skull-like um yeah he did all his own makeup too uh you know to create these parts yeah lon cheney was an amazing well this was like what the 30s or 40s uh the 20s this is silent film era (laughs) no soratu and that kind of thing Oh, Nosferatu, there's another good one. Oh, yeah, that just, yeah. like, hit my... Because like, uh, Nosferatu, I don't know if that's technically the first vampire movie. I don't know. Um, no, there was one called Barney the Vampire, which is, like, 15 minutes long, which is made back in, like, 1910. But Nosferatu is the first Did, really... I, I, I love that your random knowledge, it, like, complements my <laughs> random knowledge. <laughs> Like it fits together like it fits it fits together like two batteries to turn on your remote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not. And then they remade it, an excellent version of it with uh, Klaus Kinski, who I understand was a really hard actor to work with and played a lot of bad guys also. And uh, Isabella Johnny, who's probably one of the most beautiful women who ever was on the screen. <laughs> Dude, I, I've uh, I've actually got a vote on that. Uh, most beautiful woman I've seen on screen is uh, Mila Jolovich. Oh yeah, there's something to be said for her. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, let's not go. Oh, no, we're on villain. We're not. We're, we're not going there. Okay. <laughs> so I actually have like to like kind of bring us to a close. I have a very cool concept to talk about. Uh, okay. The per- oh, I did want to plug one more thing. Go ahead. Um, uh, I am currently working. Oh on yes. Out of the Western genre for the time being, and. People are gonna have to look this up to find a picture. Well, and I, I will, I will actually tag it on the episode. So, okay, um, I have invented a Facebook page for her. I'm working on a biography right now of a woman named Edna Loftus, who was a English music hall star. Um, she was very, very popular. Postcard pictures of her are all available. Very interesting human being. Um, 
and she married first she married a jockey had a child with him he did he sent her out of the country and while she's out of the country divorced her and that was in paris um she then hooked up with a uh jewish um jewish heir to a uh, distiller's fortune and that ended badly <laughs> and that oh ended badly God, this woman um she's buried in cypress lawn in uh california her grave is currently unmarked and i'm working on fixing that and but basically she she ends up in she goes from being a huge star in england to a prostitute in the tenderloin in san francisco oh i uh, i know the tenderloin yeah, yeah her her, li- her life just goes on this downward spiral after she quits the stage and it's it's horrible um it's yeah and yeah she ends up dying of at like about 25 between the age of 25 and 30 it's hard to say probably about 30 years old of tuberculosis in a uh Dude, in the that's center, a rough that's center, a rough way center, to die yeah in the in the war in the uh public ward in uh san francisco i ran across her story and i couldn't find much about her and i was like wow really it's it's interesting because it's a take on speaking of those weird those monolithic organizations or powers that keep people from you know achieving anything you know um you know she she just keeps running up against the patriarchy that was popular that was running everything in the 1900s and just keeps slamming into it slamming into it just keeps throwing her further and further and further down and it's really it's a really tragic tale and um yeah it's really interesting but there's a facebook page for her and i believe there's a wikipedia page for her but i found, i decided i'm gonna step out of the western writing uh-huh, yeah. one book and do this because i really wanted to because you can story. man i know you can i know you can <laughs> so yeah it's a no it's and plus you know and also but it goes back to the whole thing of like you know where do villains come from and really she was you know she was considered a fallen woman she was a she you know the papers made it sound like she dragged this poor rich young distiller's son down into the depths of depravity and they turned they ended up painting her as a bad guy um by the end and then and then when of course she dies of tuberculosis while running a brothel <laughs> they're like well that's what she deserved that's a- you know, oh man, that, dude, I'm super. Dude, I'm gonna fucking look into her before you even put your book out, so I can scrutinize you when I read before it. Read before you put it up. <laughs> oh yeah, that, so that's that's a plug for what I'm writing right yeah, now. Yeah, man. I'm hoping somebody will be willing to publish it. Um, well, and, and you know that show, you, you know yeah. that I blast your books out. You know that, right? Like, I, I appreciate that. I, well, I appreciate What's you as a creator. So uh, what well, I want to we miss anything? <laughs> Well, I have one last thing I kind of want to like okay. chat about before we bring everything to a close. We're actually going on two hours, which is fucking amazing. That's not surprising. It's like, <laughs> you know, if we sat down and had a glass of wine yeah. over lunch, we'd probably end up saying the same thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> so the what I want to bring this conversation to a close with is uh, the purge. This you're familiar with that, right? 
I haven't seen it. Okay, okay, so... I know the story. Well, uh, I actually have a mask over there. I have a purge mask over there, whatever. Well, what the purge is, is for 12 hours, 12 hours every year at the same time, all crime, mm -hmm. all crime is legal. All crime. So, does that make you a villain to purge? Does it does it make you a villain to like okay so I've been mad at this person for all fucking year, this day <laughs> this day I can literally cut them open, make a blood eagle and not go to jail over it. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So my argument on the other side of that was, slavery was legal. Um. Hunting Jews was legal. But not for 12 hours. Hunting <laughs> uh, hunting slaves was legal. What is legal is not necessarily right. Fair. Fair. <laughs> Fair. What would I do if that happened? Stay in my house with an AK-47. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, so you, you said you've never seen the series, never read anything. You're like... So like it's on the trailer. I'm gonna have to watch the movie now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, uh, I'll watch uh, the first one because the sequels are never good. <laughs> uh, the most recent one is amazing. It's called the Forever. Oh, okay. It's called it's called the Forever Purge. Oh, I saw I saw an ad for that the other yeah, day. Yeah, uh, started at the beginning. So, what I'm getting at to end the episode is like, okay, so here's a okay thing to be the villain for 12 hours. Yeah. yeah, and then when that, like, uh, okay, let me put it to you this way, in the because they did a TV show as well. The, you know, are, are you familiar with the Purge uh, sounds? I'll, I'll put that at the end of the episode because I'm gonna have okay. to do that. <laughs> but uh, the you have you know, at, God, yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna have to play that. But uh, the <laughs> the the end of the the end of the Purge and the specific spark part in the tv show is like uh these guys were robbing a bank 100 percent legal at the time because they're during the purge mm -hmm. and this guy's foot is still inside of the bank when the siren stops which now he has to go to jail because oh, interesting. yeah because his foot is still inside there and it's like yeah, like there, there's a very specific thing. It's kind of like um, the the Leatherface sound with his chainsaw. It's that specific on what it is. So, so basically, you have to be done with. So you want to. So if you're gonna go out and commit crimes, you want to commit them for eleven and a half hours. <laughs> be ready. Be, yeah. Be be ready to be done. Be ready to be done. Yeah. Go, go back home. Be done. Have dinner. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, you could literally take somebody and pull them out on the street and fillet them, yeah. and it, that's what it is. I can't, You know, question I always ask myself was, you know, we have we have a lot of drug laws in America, um, which are inanely stupid. Um, just personal opinion. Other opinions may vary. Um, but if heroin was legal tomorrow, would you do it? No. Hell to the no. So how popular do you think all these crimes would really be? Uh, I'll, 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 I'll tell you right now, man. Like, if I had the opportunity to cross the bridge of violence to <laughs> do that, I would. 
just because I, I'm almost 40 and I've never done it. And I'm a weird person. <laughs> see, see there'd be very specific targets i'd have but most of them i probably couldn't get to <laughs> well oh here's the thing here's the thing because it's a yearly thing you've got a year to plan on it you've got five years to plan on it you got oh, you know yeah you bet you have to survive that five years and hope nobody hates you you know you know, if, if I was going to, if I could be reincarnated as a monster, um, I would be a vampire. Yeah. 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 Because there you go. Honestly. And I started, I would start feeding in Washington, DC. Why, why and Washington? Then travel, and then I'd travel across the country <laughs> and start getting local governments. And when I needed a meal in between, I'd hit like maximum security prisons <laughs> it, like, it's funny as soon as you started saying that but like you know, I, I said why washington <laughs> <laughs> that's great dude so i i think uh i think it was an amazing conversation man i always i always love talking to you man it's, it's a pleasure as usual well and uh I'm going to talk to David here in the future about doing a voice on the singularity, which we talked about on pause. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, uh, no, we should do this again. We'll think of another subject. Yeah, this man. Been a lot of fun. Yeah. It's, uh, you know me, man, this is like what I do. <laughs> so, so, but, uh, everybody out there and, uh, I'm, I'm going to make a fucking stupid cliche. Everybody out there in radio land. Thank you for listening. <laughs> yes thank you yep all right david uh we're gonna do this again soon okay okay take care of your all right i'll talk to you soon